Hey y'all, welcome back to a Thursday, June 30th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. We got another jam-packed program for you guys today here on the Chase Most Podcast and the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, we've got three parts. Oh yeah, three parts to this uh, edition of the program for your Thursday. We're going to start things off with all things NBA uh, with Fox Sports. Yeah, Fox Sports, Iran Weitzman, who was just fantastic. Very much uh, appreciate Yaron for coming on uh, this edition of the podcast. He was great and loved picking his brain. And the Hawks, who, of course, made a deal for DeJounte Murray right after um, this trade, uh, this podcast was taped. So shout out to the Hawks for doing that right after. Um, but, you know, very exciting. And uh, more thoughts on that. And we'll address that more with the Atlanta sports guys in the coming days here on the podcast. So look out for that. Uh, but we talked about John Collins, talked about uh, Kyrie, the Nets, KD, Lakers, Westbrook, Brunson, Knicks, um, favorite coaching hire, all kinds of good offseason stuff um, to talk about here on the NBA. As the NBA trade deadline and free agency and all this area that's coming uh, starting tomorrow. So look out for that um, as it, it figures to be. Uh, pretty crazy here in the NBA over the next couple of days. So uh, great to start off here uh, with him and, uh, you know, three parts on today's program. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. And uh, yeah, they'll all be here in one feed. So make sure you subscribe today. Read me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email and become a subscriber today. That would be great, and I would very much appreciate that. Uh, to read all my written sports work, um, you can email the program at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com, tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas, and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. All right, part one coming up in just one second. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase and Most Podcast, taping this uh, late on a Wednesday with a first-timer. Like the glasses, like the poster behind him, because <laughs> it's a book that he wrote. It's your own Weitzman, your own. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. How many more books do you have in you? Oh, um, hopefully a few. You know, I'm trying to get another idea going. We'll see uh, how that works. But yeah, I would like to write some more. It's a, though, um, the thing with the book writing process is like, it's much better to ha- be having in past tense. You know, I like having written a book as opposed yeah. to writing a book. So that does sound good, right? Like when you first said that around, you were just like, I imagine if this was me, if I ever do that one day, it's just that like, I would find ways to, uh, kind of insert it into any conversation, but it not be natural whatsoever. Where they're like, <laughs> we, we, we get it that you wrote a book that, uh, we were talking well, I'm an about. author. Yes. Yeah. I'm an author, not just a writer. I'm an author. Capital A. There you go. I like that. Did, so is author, do you have to be published? You have a published novel to be an author. Is that how that works? That's what, so novels, fiction, but that's a great yeah. question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You can look it up. I, I don't know. Is yeah. the official definition, what is the official definition of an author? Mm-hmm. Does an ebook count? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not really sure how that works. How long did it take for you to like kind of piece together your, your book? Like, um, from what they start, I, I think from like start, you know, here's my idea uh-huh. to publish was about two years. I believe. Okay. And that's fast. You what were you writing probably, every day? Were you doing like 2,000 a day? No, work? I didn't do it like that. Um, uh-huh. 
if that's your only job, that's great. Well, first yeah. of all, you got to do that. You have to break it up into the report. I think I basically had a year to write and report total, total okay. right? So I kind of spent six months reporting, uh, four months reporting more and writing, and then let's say two months plus going past my deadline, you know, just writing. Like, I have two little kids, but like every yeah. night after bedtime, uh, I would walk to my office, let's say seven, like seven. 30 p.m. till midnight, right? Just pounding it out, which was, you know, a little crazy. Um, mm. I think I blocked some of that out of my, out of my mind, but I, yeah, that was the way. If I could, did do you pick it up again. any bad habits? In terms, of, uh, I mean, I have like, I eat really healthy for my first three meals of the day, like until dinner time. I'm very yeah. healthy, uh-huh. and then if I just went to sleep at nine o'clock, I'd be great. But like, if I have to do anything later and I get hungry, and like you know, I have an early dinner because I'm up at six a.m. because of the kids. So yeah, like basically, I get hungry. So yeah, my uh, late night snacking is not great. There you go. I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, do you think your next book will be on the NBA or something else? Yeah, I, would, I mean, I have a few other random ideas, but I think MBA is the. Uh, place for now just in terms of where i know you know people i know all that stuff there you go i like that man um free agency starting friday ostensibly (laughs) thursday 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 excuse me thursday 6 p.m eastern again ostensibly though as half the league is ready to negotiate yes um well uh this is my question i want to start off here is there actually going to be madness because what's funny about it now is just when you for the last year it's just basically been like oh there's this is a very weak free agent pool this is a very weak group that if you need a free agent this summer you're in trouble if you're writ like it's just kind of now where you're gonna have to find ways to sign and trade or you're gonna have to really get uh creative uh to really flip your roster and the hawks are figuring that out right now but uh we'll get to them in a second but for you when you look at what this week holds like do you see some crazy movement out of the out of the gate here so the way i look at it is kind of what you're saying so free agency itself like i don't think we'll see any huge contract surprises um yet that's not what it is it's just that it officially opens the floodgates and removes all the red tapes to overall player movement meaning Mm. trades and it's like there'll be i think we'll see some trades i do there's some guys again not like anyone who you're, uh, you know, your uncle who only cares about the NBA, like when he sees you at the barbecue, you know, mm-hmm. cares about. But if you're an NBA fan, you know, guys, I'll say B level, John Collins, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, DeJounte Murray types, right? Guys who are good mm-hmm. and who could have, depending on the team they land on, um, kind of make it fun for fans to look at those. You know, that's what we love doing. Like, like you know, movement happens and you look at a starting lineup and you go, ooh, I kind of like that. That's kind of fun, right? Like, oh, Malcolm Brogdon as the third guard next to player X and Y. Ooh, I kind of like that. Like, that's the whole fun of it. Um, mm. So I think we could see some stuff like that. I don't know if we'll see any humongous, um, you know, A-list movement. All that being said, everything we say, you have to, you know, throw every grain of salt from the kitchen because of the Brooklyn Nets, right? They're just like, I, I don't know what to think about them. I don't know. I don't make any predictions with them. I don't assume anything with that group. So, like, yeah, if Kyrie Irving said he was starting to hold out starting until he got traded starting Friday, you know, would that shock you? No, right? So that's the only other thing I would throw. And I'm making that up. Like, no one said anything yeah. like like that to me. I'm just saying that with but Kyrie. But material nature, right? Like yeah, Kyrie, exactly, exactly, exactly. It seems like now, I he does seem, like, I think the bond between Katie and Kyrie seems pretty genuine. So I think 
that would be kind of a surprise if he like did the holdout. He opted in and was like, all right, now I'm out. Because I feel like Katie would not be on board with this situation, right? It seemed... <laughs> yes, but... So I agree. And to me, this mm. is one of the more fascinating stories in the NBA. And I am trying to see if I can write a story on it, right? And I'll mm. give away some stuff. But like, but I think that's it's more KD to Kyrie. Like, I, what is Kyrie? KD's the good friend here. I don't know what Kyrie's done, right? Kyrie hasn't shown any... Um, desire or um any feelings or shown any inkling to like oh i'm gonna go out of my way to stick up for kd it's more that he does whatever he wants Mm. and uses and leverages kd's and i don't know if it's intentional but it's what's happening but leverages kd's um the the friendship and kinship that kd feels for Kyrie and uses Kyrie leverages that to his benefit right Mm. and so you're saying like would Kyrie do it to kd i don't know he seemed like he was willing to do it this time around and KD was the one who kind of seemed upset, um, according to reports, mm. about the idea being that, like, oh, I, you know, if Kyrie's out, I'm not so happy. When I don't understand why he's tying himself um, to Kyrie. Like, let's say Kyrie, let's say he's a top 25 player in the NBA, right? With this mm. make an arbitrary cutoff, KD could tie himself to the other 24 guys on that list and be in a better situation than he would be if with the with Kyrie than he is now. What's interesting too that I found, and I don't know if you found this in reporting and talking to players, but like young kids and people that know Kyrie or like keep up with the NBA, he's one of their favorites. And it's on and off the court. When I talk to folks, they're like, because Kobe was the guy for a really long time for a lot of guys coming up. And um, it was never really an overwhelming LeBron. It was always like a Kobe thing where they wanted to be like, even if their games completely mirrored LeBron or they, they still were like, Kobe's our guy. Like Kobe's the one we watch the highlights of and we listen to and that sort of thing. Kyrie is someone I've noticed. I'll always be surprised when they're like, oh, Kyrie. Like that's who players talk about in the locker room. That's who they like. And it's, I think that's something with KD where I think these guys still, like I think there is a disconnect between media fans front office types and then players because i feel like a lot of players would still sign up for the Kyrie experience because i think they genuinely like Kyrie and look at his game as just that like i want this guy around in an important playoff series i want this guy around when it matters like they there is a firm belief in Kyrie Irving that i think is is pretty strong it's pretty interesting um no you you are you are correct um Part of it is the – so on the court, right? Mm. Well, a few things. One, Kyrie does – I've never interacted with him more mm. than uh, you know a question here there in the locker room. But you talk to people who have. Uh, all indications are he, he has his moments. You know, I'll call him um, – I don't know, bouts. I don't know, whatever you want to say, right? His moments where he's a little standoffish or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever. But for the most part, um, people, players, coaches, things like that, teammates think he's engaging. They like mm-hmm. him. He's fun. Say he's a genuinely good guy. All that stuff. So that's one. That's a personality. Um, his game, they all love and respect his game. It's the nature of create off the dribble, um, the incredible handles, finishing mm-hmm. ability. Like that's the, the 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 incredible skills, right? Like that's something that all that appeals to all of them. Right. Um, so I agree with you on that stuff too. And then I do think... <laughs> Kyrie's positioned himself, and as this um, counter-cultural thinker, mm-hmm. uh, not go with the masses, all that stuff. And I think a lot of NBA players, um, that's the kind of thinking that we've we've learned recently, right? That that appeals to a lot yes. of NBA players, and a lot of them like to think of themselves as those sorts of thinkers and individualistic um, personalities as well. Yeah. Um, 
and for that reason, yeah. So that, and that's part of it. You know, you and I, you and I sit here could explain why we think that's BS. Not the part that players identify with that, but the part yeah. that what Kyrie's saying he is. I mean, he doesn't say he's anything. He just puts out mumbo jumbo and weird right. quotes that don't make any sense. Um, but the branding is there, right? He's, yeah. he's branded himself as that. And I think that's something that certainly appeals to a lot of players. So I, I agree with you on that. And that's an opinion, but also talking to people who, you know, kind of asking these same questions to people who are around the NBA and been around KD, Kyrie and KD specifically. Those mm-hmm. are sort of the things that kind of come back to me. Those are some of the answers that I'm given. Yeah, and I think that's just why like people are like, why do teams still put up with this? Or why do it's like because other stars like him and other stars uh, genuinely like it's just there's a disconnect there. Um, but it, it's fascinating. Um, in terms of Ben Simmons, though, do you think he plays for the Nets? Do you think this three, this group of three, they actually all play together and they're together on opening <laughs> night? Is well, that- that's a that's a different question than the Ben Simmons, yeah. right? Uh, so uh, Ben Simmons. Miners, people in Ben Simmons' camp, right, say he's ready to play. Again, this is all we are in, what we in June now. Mm -hmm. Um, Training camp is October, November. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see. But I I think we'll see Ben Simmons on the court. I do. But with the the Nets. With the Nets, I do. Um, I think he also knows. One, it's a great fit for him, just on the court, off the court. He can Mm -hmm. live in New York City, but nobody actually cares about the Nets. Like, they're not covered. It's a great... I always thought this could be like the Nets' great inefficiency if they, instead of marketing themselves as the Knicks to players or the Knicks light, which they're not, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, no, we're actually a small market team in New York City. You can come live in New York, hang out in New York, and the back page will never put you on. You'll never be on the back page of the post, and nobody cares about you. And I feel like the stars, that's actually, um, in a weird way, more appealing, right? Yeah. You can kind of live in New York City but not have that spotlight which can be great but also be incredibly um stressful on mm-hmm. you the way you are if you're the knicks starting with the knicks so uh, for simmons and i think simmons knows that um that he has to show up this year um so that's part of that the three of them <laughs> that's a separate question right because mm-hmm. the three of them were betting on no injuries no mercurial uh, moments or weird standoffs or episodes or i'm not coming into camp so you know, that would slice the odds down a little bit. I do think we'll see them. I do. I don't know. I don't know how much I would bet on that. And I, I'm a, I'm guessing the Nets, um, if you're the Nets front office and coaching staff, you're probably saying, let's just weather the storm, deal with all this, Kai curse, well, mm-hmm. but all, yeah, this, all, this, all this bullshit, all this nonsense, just get to the games because, hey, if we have Simmons, Kyrie, KD, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, like those five guys together, we can win 20 of our first 22 games and everything will be great, right? Um, And I don't think any of us would be surprised if those guys are healthy, if the Nets start the season off, you know, 27 and three, like I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I would be shocked at that. Based on everything, I think that's just like everything simpatico, everything's great. I don't know. That would actually shock me. Um, I don't know. What would shock you more? The Nets getting back to contention in the top four <laughs> next year or the Lakers being in the top four next oh, year? Oh, Lakers. Lakers, for sure. Yeah, um, I would agree. They just don't have, like, the Nets have the horses. It's just getting them on the court. The Lakers, like, there's no ifsy. There's no if everything goes right. Like, there's nothing. The only thing they have is LeBron and AD playing, excuse me, 82 games each, whatever. Which is not happening. Right. And the rest of the roster is just, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Like the talents on the Nets have the talent. The guys are there again. Forget you have the big three. Joe Harris is really, really good. Seth he's Curry healthy, on yeah. this, yeah. Seth Curry on this team when he's healthy is an incredible shooter, especially in the regular season. We've seen that, like you know, when teams aren't targeting you as much and things like that. Um, 
yeah, like the Mets have the guys. It's just can you weather whatever uh, series of storms they encounter? The Lakers, um, they don't have the guys. Yeah, I um I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the pod. I think to Andrew Sharp of um, the Goat Pod, and it was something that I've just felt for a while. Where I think LeBron's already played his last important playoff game. I think that's already happened, and that's, that's a, interesting. I <laughs> I wonder if he knows that deep down, and that he's having fun Space Jam too. He's just waiting it out for his son, and hopefully he can play with Bronny, and then that's it. Like I don't think he looks at it as he has anything else to prove, and I think. LeBron's too smart and too plugged in to have to just look at this situation and be like, well, Westbrook was like my last big move, big chess piece with the Lakers, and we moved all of our assets, bet on this big three. And now, like, barring a Kyrie Irving miracle, which I'm glad did not happen, like, that would have really... <laughs> I have some theories on that of just, like, the, the optics of uh, the NBA PA vice president uh, opting well, out of yeah. that money and taking uh, the MLE. I mean, uh, that, Kyrie's, that Kyrie's the PA vice president is yeah. its own uh, hilarity, but yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, that was... I never thought that it was going to happen. Like, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of texts and, like, no, 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 no. We're not setting that precedent. We're not, we're not doing that. Um... And then, obviously, Westbrook opts in, and this is it. Like, this is their last paydays, and they're not going to get another long-term contract from anybody. Like, that's very clear, is those days are gone. Um, they're not in the Beal zone, where they're getting the Supermax, and they're at that point. And uh, it, it just, it's interesting, because I don't see a path. Like you said, the roster just has too many holes. Like, there's just, Darvin Ham is unfortunately walking into a situation where, when you hear like, oh, we want Westbrook to be a defense first guy, and you're like, oh man, this is the stuff when <laughs> it, this is peak off season where it's like, yeah, he sh- he's built like a Drew Holiday. He should be somebody like that. When you look at their side by side and their measurables and everything else, you're like, why is this guy not? He's just not wired like that. You're not gonna flip the script <laughs> this late in, the, in his career and uh, just rewire a basketball player's brain like that to to think like that and play like that. It's just. I think it's over. Like, I don't think the Lakers are even a playoff team next year. I think they're just, it relies so much on a healthy AD and LeBron playing 78 plus games that I just don't think is realistic anymore. I I think those days are gone. I mean, the question is, no, with the Lakers, you're probably right. The question is, is LeBron say he's going to play out the rest of the, it's like, that'll be his decision. Mm. Do I play out the rest of my career with the Lakers or try to hop on, um, somewhere else but yeah no they i mean the westbrook trade killed them they gave up Mm. all their flexibility and assets to go get him um as opposed to anyone else or as opposed as opposed to keeping those guys in tow and waiting for something else to come down the line or just seeing what happens there so yeah i agree with you i don't uh, poor laker fans (laughs) that's something they say a lot um (laughs) my team the atlanta hawks i'm very curious so trey's liking posts from Dejounte murray and those two (laughs) teaming up i I love this because I've been pitching uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander to Atlanta for, for months where I'm just okay. like, I would love to see Trey and SGA play with one another. I think it'd be great. Free SGA. Um, and then DeJounte pops up. And then this deal and like the, the Hawks are going to uh, guarantee uh, Gallo's salary for a little bit longer and keep him around and he's good with everything going on. Um, what have you heard and what do you think is actually going to happen there? Do you think John Collins is someone who would actually be the centerpiece of a trade to San Antonio for um, DeJounte Murray? Do you think it might cost less? Do you think this is just the Spurs want to ensure that they're getting Victor or have the best opportunity to get Victor? So that means DeJounte's got to go. 
What do you what do you make of that? Because the deals that we've seen thrown out that would get DeJounte to Atlanta, uh, I'm all on board for because those are not good for San Antonio whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think Collins would be the centerpiece. I think they would need okay. more. Or Collins and, you know, the classic. By now we know the um the superstar, I, I'm saying superstar with Murray, but like the yeah. the team top player package, we know what that looks like now, right? There's precedent yeah. picks, swaps, all that. You can argue on the and margins the there. Have that. Right. Um, the Spurs, like my understanding is the Spurs are just looking at it. They're worried about a possible extension. You know, if DeJounte wants, sorry, he doesn't want the extension, they're going to lose him, not lose mm-hmm. him. He's a free agent in two years, worried about leaving him. Okay, let's get the clock started now. Maybe we, we can maximize it now. He's a clutch sports client. Obviously, Trey Young is clutch now, too. So there's all that mm. stuff. Um, sometimes I think that gets overplayed. But yeah, um, yeah um, we're worried. So, yeah, so I, I mean, if you're this, it makes sense for the Hawks or to a point. I mean, we, it's clear the Hawks want to do something, right? Mm. It's clear the Hawks want to do something. And Travis Schlenk, he kind of reminds me of like the fantasy GMs who's like, hey, this, this isn't working. Let's just like, I'm going to say this publicly and like, I'm open for business and let's just mm. go, right? Um, so he kind of reminds me of that. Um, if I'm the Hawks, it's an interesting fit next to Murray. The question is, like, is that the move you want to pull? Like, is that like, is he the guy you want to cash in your chips for, um, and you want to go for that? And here's a hot take: I don't know the answer. <laughs> How's that for hot take? I'm not sure. Um, I do, do you think expect it ultimately happens though. Do you think Dejounte Murray is a Hawk next year? Yes and no. How about that? That's a good Ooh. question. Um. I'm going to say no, but I have zero conviction. How about that? I'm just okay. throwing it. I have zero conviction on that. I don't know. And so genuine answer, I don't know. I don't have a read on how close that is and how um, how desperate the Spurs are to find a partner versus, hey, let's just explore the market and see if this is the right time to make a deal like that, right? That's the mm-hmm. read I don't have. And why it's hard to answer that question. Um, so if it's not DeJounte, though, do you think the the Hawks make some sort of big swing and that there is someone else that they pair with Trey? If it's not him, they will do whatever it takes this summer to get somebody else. Yeah, I think, that, I mean, I think John Collins will be Trey. I mean, if also, if you're John Collins, how many times, like, forget when the Hawks wanting to trade him. Like, if I'm him, I'm like, get me out of This is ridiculous. Every six months, I'm being told I'm in rumors. Like, get me yeah. out of here. I'm a good player. So I feel like that's... Uh, run its course obviously they're not Which required to trade him. he's been a great player and that's the thing is yeah. like the numbers love john collins and trey and capella like you go through every lineup i watch these games it, it just works like for like this is one of those things where it works on the court and for folks not plugged in you're like i don't understand why we're moving. like and john collins is a huge success story and him yep. just developing his shot and mm-hmm. growing more and more it's like that's a small market win that is a small market win where you're like, this guy should be in our core. You look at every other example with the Cams, the DeAndres, like there's far more examples of those kind of outside lottery first rounders. Like you look around him, it's TJ Leaf, it's all those dudes, Terrence Ferguson. He's the only one that worked out. He's the only one. And you're having to move him because of issues on the wing and in the backcourt with Trey. Like other draft issues and free agency issues made John Collins the guy who has to be moved because Capella and Trey are so cool where it's like we don't really want to move Capella so it's JC's just kind of left on an island I feel bad for John Collins also I mean this is a thing and I like Trey Young but Mm. you know there's um certain superstars like they make team building more difficult and that's mm. okay and it's not Trey Young's fault that he's 5'10 he, yeah. it's his fault he hasn't put the effort necessarily in on defense but also it would like he could be he could play like uh, Alvarado right it wouldn't make a difference in terms yeah. of come to come to uh, come playoff time right he'd still be picked on um, and some guys make it harder and you have to be very 
um, in a cap sport, be very targeted and specific with how you utilize your assets around guys like that. So a solid four man who's a really good weapon, who's a good three, he's become a very good three point shooter, but he's not mm-hmm. like, you know, his number, his percentage is better than he is, if that makes sense. And that sounds like more of a um, criticism than it's meant to, right? But he's mm-hmm. not, he could be shooting the same as, I don't know, give me a good wing. Jason, he probably shoots a higher percentage than Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a better three point shooter, will be guarded differently in the playoffs, things like yeah. that, right? Um, and that's not, Tatum's not a perfect example, but you know what I mean. So a guy like that who's not protecting the rim, not a great defender, it's probably not your best utilization of assets. And in theory, a player like that, though, there are lots of teams who would take a guy like Collins, kind of a Swiss Army knife um, wing slash big guy who can maybe switch across positions, play multiple, um, create off the bounds, shoot. Mm-hmm. Like We've seen the playoffs. That's a guy who fits. That's a guy who works in the playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be the kind of thing that you would say, hey, we should be able to find two teams here where it's a win-win for both teams. It's just who that is. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I'm I'm fascinated. This is one of the more uh, fascinating Hawk Summers of my lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. Guy you think will be moved, but folks are not talking about yet. Ooh. Guy I think will be moved, but folks are like, I got to find like a random dude. Yeah. Uh, Throw me, toss me some names. Let me, yeah, let's do this thing. Miles Turner, uh, Buddy Healed, Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going to do the cheating. Um, thing, De'Aaron you know? Box. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, let's not bet. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't prognosticate when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. That's a. Uh, that's a rule of mine. I'm Someone doing the cheating. On the jazz move. not named Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Um, let's queue up the stem. Look at the uh, Pascal Siakam. Page. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking. I don't think like the OG trade is going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't know if New Orleans can do anything like that. I mean, Miles Turner, again, somebody who's been in trade rumors for about 30 years, even though he's not even 30 years old, right? Yeah. He'll be a guy like that. Um, yeah, Buddy Heald is interesting. Um, yeah, who else would be moved? Jeremy Grant's out. He's moved anyone from Denver because they obviously just did the trade for... Yeah, they, they just made their boring trade, right? That was such a boring trade. It's also one that I think it makes Denver worse next year. I well, I believe like. there was, uh, if you crunch the math, I believe it got some under the um, luxury tax, which never... Uh, That's what you want to do when you're in a win now. <laughs> especially the the Cronkies who um, are not wanting for, for cash, right? Um, they just won two titles, the Avalanche and the Rams. They just won both. Yeah, and they don't even... It's like and the money's not something they, right. uh, they need. So guys who would move... Um, that's a tough one. This isn't a good. This isn't a who no one's talking about. But I, I'm curious to see how the Miles Bridges thing plays hmm. out because um, he's a good player. I like him, um, and the way and he's young. What's about 23 years old? Mm. Um, and the way uh, team building and player movement happens now, I've sort of come around to the idea that like if you're young and good, you really can't be overpaid. Hmm. Um, just like those contracts, that's how guy that guys cost money. Those contracts never become uh, immovable because they're only four years anyway. So, like, mm. if you're Miles Bridges and you have two years left, someone will take you. It doesn't matter if it's you know for twenty five, twenty seven million a year, whatever it is. Um, and guys just don't come on the market anymore in terms of guys who are quote young and good. Um, this is kind of factors into some of the Jalen Brunson stuff. Yeah. Um, so the Miles Bridges thing is, uh, I'm really curious to see what happens with him. And if one of these teams, like if Memphis, and Memphis is a team on the other end of it, maybe not a player we're not talking about, but a team that I'm interested in, yeah. a really good team with cap room, with probably too many guys, a lot of young players. Um, they have a lot of picks like 
they could do stuff if they want. It depends what they want to do. Yeah, I if I was Memphis, I would be win now mode. I would be terrified of the jaw future where you're just like, we got to maximize this window. Uh, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I'm kind of other, but like, I feel like teams who are have contention um, windows should always be in win now mode. I yeah. know it sounds like obvious. doesn't mean mortgage everything, but I'm, I favor aggression. Yeah. Um, why not go for it right you memphis you like memphis like the, like you said you don't know what job we've seen with these teams windows close fast before yeah. you realize it so if the windows open go for it again it doesn't mean mortgage everything and it's gotta be for the right guy um but like memphis we all know needs a wing like i yeah. don't know who they could if i were them i would be dangling picks and another you know some of the young guys and see what you can get in there yeah i would agree um your favorite coaching hire thus far <laughs> favorite coaching hire steve clifford for the hornets because that was hilarious um hey man that, he's good <laughs> steve clifford is like the most like you want to get in the playoffs steve clifford's your guy that man yeah death taxes clifford overachieving with a just a kind of a sad roster that is yeah no, exactly exactly it's I kind of like steve clifford it's kind of the new version of larry brown not quite you know like yes. you know you hire the guy you can get the seven c the next year you're probably gonna have to have a new coach in two three years and yeah. cap out but you will uh yeah you will be better the next season so that'll but just the whole way like that, lock it um, in folks for the betters out there just go ahead and lock in the hornets as a playoff team next year they're making funny. the playoffs like that's it the the playoff the steve clifford hornets playoffs lock it in write it down done that's funny. Um, I mean, Danny Ainge taking a Celtic assistant coach is funny. The, I mean, yeah. hires is always an interesting thing because, like, you know, I talk to people and we can all be told what assistant coach is smart and not, yeah. none of us have any idea. It's like when assistant GM is hired as a GM. I, we have mm-hmm. no idea. We can just – we're just going on the few anecdotes we hear from people, either co- our, our conversations with these people and if they're nice to us, right, yeah. and or the few anecdotes we've picked up from people around them which is like in the scope of the decision making and the cho- and the uh, and the things assistants do in their basketball career like you know we've us on the outside have heard stories about maybe like you know 1% of it right so it's, mm. it's just so hard to judge it's so hard to judge yeah, I'm curious. Like, I, I don't know if the Will Hardy thing uh, means that it signals a rebuild, that both guys potentially are out, Mitchell and Gobert, and that they're doing a full teardown here. Or it's, I don't know, like the young coach thing where it's, uh, we'll see. The unproven coach, if if that's where they're headed. I don't know. Um, By the way, my favorite, I'm interrupting my favorite hire, forget coaching hire, David Fisdale yeah. following the, uh, the Kurt Rambis track of failing as an assistant coach, <laughs> failing as a coach, and then somehow stumbling into management. So I love it. It's good. Good job by David Fisdale. Well, he's another guy where everybody loves him. And like once it got out that like LeBron and Fisdale, like that was like LeBron's guy. It's like you're, you're good. You're good forever. Like when you're publicly backed by LeBron, I just feel like that's a good spot to be in. Like if this podcast gets publicly backed, like LeBron's <laughs> like when I'm in the uh, chamber and I'm healing, I'm listening to the Chase Thomas podcast. Guess what? I'm set for the rest of my life. Like, that's <laughs> exactly. good. I have the seal of approval. That's how you, that's where you want to be. Yeah. It's, it's uh, LeBron and Wade. I mean the thing, yeah, yeah it's a uh, way that's obviously the connection with Utah, right? Wade, yeah. Um, whose ownership there brought in this guy. So yeah, it's good. Maybe we all have friends like Dwayne Wade. It is interesting though. It seems like there's two competing front offices and ownership groups here with Wade bringing in Fisdale. And then like, I imagine him bringing in his own associate coach for Will Hardy. That's and funny. It's Hardy. Like Chris like just, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of chefs in there. A lot of chefs in the uh, jazz kitchen. Yeah. Um, are the Mavs in trouble if Jalen Brunson leaves for the Knicks this summer? Um, they're worse. I don't know if troubles where I were. They have to figure out. I mean, this is the same conversation. They have to figure out how they're going to properly build around Luca. 
Um, well, this is a two-parter. And do you also think that that's what's happening? Is Brunson is going to be a net? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. I mean, it'd be shocking if he's he's gone. Oh, um, wow. Um, you can read more about it on Fox Sports. I actually just wrote a story about it. Um, there you go. Explain, explaining the decision a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, so the Mavs, like, is Jalen Brunson a killer? No. Um, but, again, good player. He's a good player. And you're losing a good player. And the Mavs don't have a ton of cap flexibility. So that's going to make it worse for them. Mm-hmm. I'm curious because the Mavs had no flexibility. Like they had, they were kind of locked in with Brunson and Wood and Luca, and now because like the KP thing, they put all their eggs in the KP Luca yep. partnership, and then once that doesn't work, the NBA is cruel, man. And like you said, in a salary cap league, it's like it's really, really hard to adjust on the fly. Yes, uh, when you build your kind of your team around these two guys, and one of them doesn't work out, and then you can't even trade him for pieces that really exactly. keep this thing moving. So exactly. I don't know. The Mavs are in a really weird spot, but I'm very curious to see. So that's interesting that Brunson, you think, 100%. Like, we're putting it out there, 100%. 99.89%. How about that? <laughs> How about if his dad is not the coach? Is he still in? Yeah, it's not about the dad. It's about, okay. I mean, you can read about it. It's a family, right? It's yeah. Rick Brunson, Leon Rose, and World Wide West. Everyone knows them. Like, there are two families. There's the Wagner family, Dewan Wagner and yes. TJ Wagner. Like, that's, and the Brunson family. My and favorite recruiting f- battle right now. Right, exactly. So those two families, like, Rose and West, like, their family. It's not even like this is deeper than CAA. Uh, so this is Nick's there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah. So Rick Brunson was Leon Rose's first client mm-hmm. um, years ago. So the assistant coach thing, like they put him on, but like it doesn't make a difference. The relationship was still there. Huh. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, maybe we get Jay Wright in there uh, when he gets the itch to coach. Uh, once he gets <laughs> Jay Wright uh, next to Nick's head coach. There you go. Um, we'll end on this. What do you think will be the biggest? Thing that the Lakers will try and do. <laughs> like, I'm so curious because I, just, yeah. I, just, I don't think they run it back with this group. I don't think you can do that. They're going to try something else, right? I mean, the Westbrook, for, they're going to be do everything they can to try to rope in a third team for the Westbrook Kyrie three way. You know, that's, they will, like, because that's, if you're them, that's your shot. Because we can make fun of Kyrie, but the Lakers are probably the one team where it's like, no, you know what? They should try to get Kyrie because mm. it would make sense because as opposed to Westbrook, he's better than Westbrook. Um, they have nowhere else to go. The problem is this goes back to the original question. Like their cupboard is so bare. Yeah. They don't, they can't entice anyone, even like a random third team who would say, yeah, we'll take all your junk. If you toss in some assets, they don't have, it's like Taylor Horton Tucker and some bad first round, a couple bad first round picks. Like that's not enough. It'd be nice if Malik Monk was already under contract. It was like a young player. That, yeah. That, yeah. It's just not enough. And so the only way you can do that is it's like you have to give that stuff to the third team taking Westbrook because mm-hmm. the Nets aren't taking Westbrook. And then somehow convince the Nets in the deal that, hey, you know what? It's worth it for us to just get off Kyrie and not get anything back except maybe a trade exception, right? And like not yeah. even get any of those picks because those picks have to go to the third team. So it's really hard. But I, I would imagine I think that's the one they'll try to be banging the door down the door for. Other than that. Like, so you don't think the Pacers, the Pacers thing can happen? Where they just the Pacers are like, we're going to be bad anyway. We'll take it, and you can try Malcolm Brockton and company. I don't. Th- Again, I just don't know if you have enough to give that. Like you, you're not. You don't have enough to entice. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, and I guess if you really want to short the Lakers, and you say, you know what, those first two first round picks are worth it because we think those are going to be put no protections on them, put yeah. no protection on them. We'll do it. Maybe that's the answer, right? And we think that's enough. Um, I mean, if you're Lakers, you'll try it. I, I don't know. That's I don't who know. I'm trying. Like, I'm just calling over and over again. I'm calling Indiana. I'm calling Pritchard. I'm just like, hey, 
uh, what is it going to take? Like, Brogdon is injured all the time. Like, we have an injured roster. Who cares? <laughs> like, we have to but take one final swing here. The question again, though, is if you're Rob Palenka, because it's going to probably take, like, almost no protections. And the Lakers yeah. saying, you know what? Fuck this. This didn't work. <laughs> I'm not giving up this. I'm not giving in and selling everything. We're just going to uh, run out these next two years with our nonsense. And then after that, we'll reset again, right? I don't know yeah. the answer to that. But that would be, you know, if they've kind of grown weary of all this, they might say, you know what? I'm not, like, putting – I'm not – giving up our, you know, what could be the number one pick in 2029 so we can try to chase something with LeBron because they wanted us to have Westbrook, right? So it's it's interesting. Um, I lied. I have one final thing. Question. Uh, Warriors, do you think everyone's back next year? Or do you think someone's out? Um, it's so minors. I mean, I would I'll, let's. I'm going to guess everyone's back. Maybe like an Jordan auto porter. Maybe an auto porter. Yeah, maybe, Jordan Poole, yeah. Maybe like an auto porter. No, or maybe a guy like that, like one of those types. Um, but I would but say... But by and court, large, mostly... mostly I back. would say... Like, I mean, the late Cubs have made very clear that like the, they don't care about the tax and they're going to double down and it's all worth it because they want to fulfill this parallel track thing and they want to fill up and they believe in the mission. Um, so I'm going to take them at their word, but not just their word. That's been their action so far too, mm. you know? So yeah, I'll let's say everyone's back again. Maybe like an auto porter junior uh, gets something more than a mid level or whatever it is, you know, somewhere, and the words can't match that. But for the most part, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, how did the good folks check out your work at Fox Sports and everything else this week, man? Yeah, check out Fox Sports. You guys, the app. I'm on the uh, the Twitter machine. You can check me out there. So yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, it was great to meet you and talk with you this afternoon, man. I greatly appreciate it. We'll have to check back in again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Chase. All right, y'all, that'll do it for part one here on a Thursday, June 30th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed our conversation on this edition of the program. Uh, I very much did and hope you did as well. If you are an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review. It helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. Uh, also check us out on YouTube. Oh yeah. All kinds of great video content and all that good stuff over on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast uh like and subscribe all of our video content over there that would be great and then uh yeah stick around for part two and part three coming up right after this here on the chase and podcast in the blue hour pod network uh there you go all right uncle Derek, how'd i do nicely done nephew Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.